Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. Here's your host, Olivia Corinne. Uh, welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. My name is Olivia. Um, I am the creator of Olivia Crin, a blog, a podcast, and a free editing resource for all creatives. And across from me is Lisa Brasur. Hi. Hi, guys. I'm the new co-host to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Thanks for having me. I am also a creative. I'm a mom, a wife, and my current obsession is Grey's Anatomy. But what does that mean? Have you seen it before? I have. Didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Like any show that I start and then become obsessed with. Mm -hmm. Because then I start watching it again, knowing that everyone else loves that show. So for instance, I didn't like The Office at first. Mm. I know that's very wrong of me. I have become a changed woman. Mm -hmm. I will judge you if you don't like The Office. We just watched The Office like a year, two years ago. We never watched it before. (sighs) Yeah, that blows my mind. And that makes me so happy. It's probably the same feeling as when I finally started with The Real Housewives for you. You're the one who got me into that, right? It's because it's just a way of life. Watching those women ah there's so much better person because of the housewives yeah it makes me realize who i don't want to be most of the time or who i want to be well i mean (laughs) when it comes to one person bethany bethany is like (laughs) our idol and she's not even coming back so well there's i do like lisa vanderpump until she got really sassy and bratty she just thinks she is just the coolest thing and even though (sighs) she kind of is exactly but it but it got to her head yeah she yeah she just like gets too on on fire for herself (laughs) wait did you watch the you haven't seen the newest the puppy gate thing that's like when it all happens no yeah so you need to see that and one really big thing about lisa is that her brother passed like uh killed himself and so she started filming right after and then later it came out that andy was like we should not have had you be on here because you're like totally unstable yeah that's unfortunate Um, but yeah i don't know i I, love andy i yeah i do too i look i look forward to him being on it because he's just so real the reunions are always the best he's just like sit down like i know what 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 are you i love the looks (laughs) oh gosh uh anyway so so what is this podcast i don't know (laughs) um so guys today we interviewed renee riley adams she is a life coach um and she was just so great Amazing. to talk to. Um, she specializes, well, in a lot of things, not just one, but oh, she's, she's everything. Yeah. Everything I want to be. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, we talk a lot about the Enneagram for all of you out there. Um, I didn't really like the Enneagram. I think I like it more now. I like it when I talk to her, but I don't like it when I talk to anybody else. <laughs> So. I love her and I love the Enneagram with everything in my heart. I know. That's why it was it was good to have you on. Um, <laughs> oh, I was eating it up. I'm like, you were. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> um, but we dive into so many cool topics. We talk, I mean, we're honestly all so just real. really oh. real and vulnerable. And we talk just a lot about not just the Enneagram, um, but just like uh, how to not let things define you mm-hmm. and moving from hard things in your life to become a better person, um, which she's like the epitome of that. Um, which is so inspiring all around anyway yeah yeah it's, it's I mean honestly Ditto. that was like perfect like just the fact that she's so real and open about everything that's gone on in her family I mean her her parents 
divorced seven times. Oh, I mean, can't and then that. she was just saying how um, uh, a serial or a sexual predator was like, yeah, like next, lived down lived, her hall or something. Just crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, and then just choosing for herself. That's not what I want. Even just talking about her marriage and saying, um, uh, I think that was one of my biggest takeaways is what she said when um, you'll hear when she talks about her marriage and how it's harder to get divorced and mm-hmm. it was a better choice for her to stay married because I think that happens to every married couple who goes through difficult times totally you think do we stay together do mm-hmm. we split up do we get divorced what what do we do yeah. in a situation like this mm-hmm. and it's I think it's amazing that she knew that she always has a choice and mm-hmm. that the best choice was to stay with her husband. Yeah. Almost married for 30 years. Which is so crazy. <sighs> Love that. Yeah, because when you're going through stuff like that, it seems like the easiest choice, which I think in the moment it is the easiest choice. But when you look back on it later on, it's not the easiest not, choice at all. You're going to go through so much more and difficulty. Your kids and, and it's so hard. I think anytime you don't go through a trial and you just try to skip it and say, no, I don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's not what all divorces are like and that's not what's going on most of the time. I understand that. But I think the fact that um, you go through a trial, it just builds up so much more... Um, Oh, there's a word. Resilience. Resilience. It's something with a V. The, Vic, uh, victory. Victory. <laughs> think about it. Yeah. You just but, you just build yourself up so much more. Yeah, and then it, it equips you to handle the next big thing that mm-hmm. you go through again because you didn't quit the first time. It's all about perseverance, I think, with anything. Perseverance. That's there's a V in there is it. a V it in the word. <laughs> that's so funny yeah but um I think obviously other than like extenuating circumstances that cause a divorce um I think a lot of people give up or their marriage just isn't um it's not on solid ground from the beginning so you either have to choose to really build up that solid ground or just give up and a lot of people do so hard I mean it's so hard rebuilding that solid ground so all power to those who do rebuild that foundation totally yeah, but anyway, man, we could keep going on. Oh, forever. But this oh, this so podcast good. was so good. And if you guys are a fan of the Enneagram, um, we really dive into that. And Lisa Woo-hoo. and I talk about the confusions we have or I my anger with it. Um, and if you don't like the Enneagram or don't know what it is, this is still a great podcast for you because I'm negative Nancy about it most of the time. <laughs> so, um, But before we get into the interview with Renee, I want to do the Silver Lining of the Week. So I'll start. You'll start. Okay. Okay. Birthdays. Am I right? (laughs) Yes, actually. The big two six. I don't understand the thing with birthdays. Yeah. I, I go through a cycle where I don't want to do anything for my birthday. It doesn't really matter what I do. And then the day before my birthday, (laughs) everything just feels like it's going wrong because I all of the sudden had so much more expectation than I thought I would and Mm. this happens every year yeah that's me and so leading up to my birthday I mean I'm just like an emotional mess bear my son isn't doing good 
my husband in my eyes isn't doing good (laughs) because I want all the attention and just honestly as far as my personality I think I give so much to other people that I finally want a day for me I and I so get it exactly and I don't think I am selfish enough sometimes if there's such a thing Mm. but to the point where I just want self-care and I want to be known yeah like I feel feel special exactly I think a lot of times I I feel like I'm not known enough Mm -hmm. and so I feel like this is the time of the year like if you're my friend you can show up (laughs) no totally Um, but I feel like I'm I'm at a point where it's not so much an expectation on my friends. It's um, my husband. I wish he knew me better. Mm. And it's a very sad thing if you were able to watch it on the TV because he tries so hard. He just and doesn't I, my get expectations it. are too high. Yeah. And so there was a lot of I'm sorry. I wish I was better at this. I wish I didn't have that expectation. But it's just one of those learning things. And Honestly, by the end of the day, that's my silver lining. I had the best time. It didn't matter what happened the day before or earlier that day. Um, just having my friends over and mm-hmm. being in a space where we could hang out and play games and just talk. I felt like a lot of it was just talking. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, just was loved great. that. It was so fun. And that just made the rest of my birthday. It didn't matter anything else that happened because what I ultimately got was just like my friends being around me and so it made me feel better knowing that it wasn't that I wanted to be selfish it's just I wanted to be around friends and Mm -hmm. I didn't know that's what I needed most that day that's good yeah I'm glad you had fun Oh, so much fun! Yeah, did it was you a fun, fun night. I did. It was that. I love you. Didn't know anyone. So I, it was I hard didn't for her. know anyone. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those weird. I think it's even more awkward. The um, you know them, but you don't, don't know, really them. know them. It's not like I hadn't ever seen these people before. That would have been easier. Exactly. But because I did, I'm you like, I know all know your names stuff about and, each other. And now it's like we had just announced our podcast that day, so then people are like, "Oh, the podcast." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> which I'm so extroverted but when you're around fifth like 12 15 how many people were there 10 12 people I don't know I can't like count 50,000 no, I was gonna say 15 no, there's there like fifth, less than 15 yeah but yeah but when there. you're in a room with that you literally don't know anybody oh, yeah. it's like okay I'm just gonna sit here oh, you guys should have seen say. me at Arturo's birthday I oh, was yeah. I'm just such an introvert and people think that I'm so standoffish when really you're like, I just, just what, what do you want me to say do I don't know yeah I'm not gonna like sing and tap dance for you I should have um, just done that yeah <laughs> um okay so my silver lining um there was a few of them this week but this week was particularly kind of difficult for me um because I was feeling just like really down about just everything like just about my like my business and my career and just things not panning out and I was just like I just want something to work out mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. and then I was just like no I'm done <laughs> I'm done with this garbage no I was just really like I don't want to do this anymore like the only person that's motivating me is me and if I stop the motivation this train stops Mm -hmm. you know and it it's not going to affect really anyone else but me well now at you at this point so (laughs) So I'm like you better not stop (laughs) so sucks to be you um but you know what I mean like when you're pursuing something and you're pursuing your passion you're the one motive it's all about self-motivation so crazy and you could have you know obviously Arturo is such an encouragement like you are and I have friends that are but if you don't want to do it anymore you're just done Mm -hmm. and I knew I was just having a bad day and I knew it you know whatever but 
my silver lining was that I went on to Instagram and I saw my friend Tay's story and she had shared stuff from Gary V. And I thought that was so funny because I had just sent her the, the same podcast I sent you. Mm-hmm. Um, I had sent her one about Gary V and then she texts me the next day and goes, I've been listening to him for like two days straight or a day straight mm-hmm. or something. And so when she posted that, I was like, wait a second, you can't be all motivated because I was the one that sent you the motivation. Oh Hang on a second. And then it just really like made me do a 180 and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm being so stupid. Like... I just have to keep going, you know, but it took that for me to be like, oh, I was the one that showed you and now you're showing me. Wow. It's a circle of life. That is so cool. Especially because I think that you helped Tay so much. So it's so cool that she's able to give that back to you. Give Gary back to everybody. Right, Gary, who's listening. He's awesome. I know. He'll be on the show. I told Tay two years. Two years. Mark that I down, gotta, listeners. Start working. <laughs> no, hey, I think that's. I think that is a perfect goal to have. Okay. Um, so Drake isn't that crazy of a goal then? Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I've never listened to Drake. I don't know what I would ask him. I don't even know what I would ask him. I would rather I have Kanye on than Drake. Oh, let's have Kanye. Oh, I'm. I'm okay. I'll switch. I'll and switch. now we can talk about Jesus with him. Oh, that would be well. Let's talk to Drake about Jesus and like bring him. Okay. I would rather have Kanye on. (laughs) Um, Okay. I'll I'll have both. Okay. Two years. Okay. Two years. Um, Well, let's let's get into this podcast with Renee, shall we? So excited. Well, Renee, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm so excited to have you here. Mm -hmm. I uh, hijacked an interview that Arturo was having with you to ask you to be on the podcast right when I heard you talking about the Enneagram because I didn't hate it when you were talking about it (laughs) and I was like I have to have her on the show (laughs) nice yeah so I'm I'm really excited to have you here can you tell us just a little bit about yourself uh sure uh well I'm a, a life coach and a health coach and a facilitator so each one of those has yeah different parts to it so as a life coach I work with individuals of all different ages really from high school all the way up to 85 it's my oldest client yet and then as a health coach I help people with their health obviously Mm -hmm. and um, specifically I'm working on a clinical study that is about cognitive decline Mm -hmm. so how we can change cognitive decline with diet exercise playing brain HQ Mm -hmm. relaxation techniques that kind of thing and then so I get to work with a doctor in Ashland and then uh, the last last thing I do is I'm a facilitator. So I do team buildings and teach people about communication and also the Enneagram mm-hmm. at uh, La Clinica and other places as well. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's a, So how did you get into all of that? If we're just kind of going back mm-hmm. in the time machine a little bit, mm-hmm. how did this all start? Well, I started coaching. Well, first of all, actually, I started facilitating um, about well 25 years ago I started in on that and that was when I did a woman's weekend called woman within Mm -hmm. and so yeah 25 years ago Mm -hmm. I did that first weekend and that pretty much I was a very defended person I would say and self yeah self-protective and so I it kind of broke me wide open doing Mm -hmm. that weekend and then I just started staffing woman within and I learned how to be with people and really listen to mm. what they were going through. So that's how I got into it originally. And then in 2007, 
I started coaching for, I, I was trading people things. So I traded like house cleaning for coaching. I traded horseback riding lessons for my daughters. I, I traded jewelry, uh, but I wasn't charging yet. And cool. I was doing a lot of froaching. That's really coaching friends and family. Mm -hmm. Froaching. Froaching. <laughs> I like that. I'm not sure it's a technical term, <laughs> we but can I, make it one I today. do use it. Yeah. <laughs> So and then I actually got certified uh, by a coaching school in San Francisco in 2013. Mm -hmm. So since then, then I registered my business name and mm. started having a whole fee structure and my office and all those wonderful things that entrepreneurs have to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Little by little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what exactly is life coaching if you could just break it down because I, I think I know mm. and I know a lot of really young people that are life coaches which mm. can be confusing to me sometimes mm. but what what exactly is it like therapy would you say or is that totally different I always say that the difference is that therapy is more about the why and understanding family of origin mm. uh, and I think that life coaching is much more about the how and the when and having a plan. Of course, when you are living your plan and you're knowing what you want and you're moving ahead, you do bump into things that might be from the past. Sure. So of course, you're always dealing with things from the past. Mm -hmm. And the focus of coaching is more um, proactive, I would say, and more forward moving perhaps than therapy is. And I think there's definitely a role for both things. Mm -hmm. I, I love it when people come to me and they've already done therapy because that saves a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And part of life coaching is becoming self-aware and then managing and then developing. Interesting. That is so interesting. What got you to that point? Were you into psychology? Did you take you know, if I had it to do all over again, I might have gone back to school and mm. become a therapist. My mother was a therapist. Okay. Uh, she helped people who had received DUIs. And so she was in the county oh. system. And then she ran a methadone clinic, which is for wow. people who are addicted to heroin. Mm -hmm. So, and by the time I got to college, I'd already experienced enough of psychology, but in a negative way mm. because I had a, a kind of difficult start in life um, with mental illnesses. My mother was bipolar, mm. alcoholism, a sex offender who lived down the hallway, my stepfather, um, seven divorces between mm. my mother and father. So all of that, I was like, Ugh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with mm. psychology. But since then, I mean, since I graduated from college a million years ago, there, <laughs> there is now positive psychology. And if I had known that there was positive psychology, mm -hmm. I definitely would have done that. Right. Hmm. That's it. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you about your past because I had I watched the video on your mm -hmm. website the other day, and you were talking about the seven divorces, and I thought that was really interesting because um, people can either let that make that let those experiences make them or break them. And with you, I would have never guessed you had a past like that mm. because you, instead of running away from it, I feel like you just dove head on into it and were like, yeah. I'm going to tackle these things. Um, as a child of divorce myself, I see so many fears within me about, you know, marriage or I have alcoholics in my family, like fears about alcohol, you know, just things like that. But how did you not let that overcome you? Or did you at some point and then really had to you right. know, figure it out? Because that's not something you just, oh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, sometimes. Well, I, I think, I mean, I think I had, I, I, I grew up in a weed patch. 
Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And I knew I don't want to continue with mm -hmm. the weed patch. Mm -hmm. I would like to grow some flowers. Yeah, that would be my, cool. much nicer. Uh -huh. And also I witnessed my parents go through so many different conflicts and my father punched a hole in the wall, missed my mother's face. Mm. She got sent to jail because she was trespassing on his property, you know, all kinds of things like that. And so I think it's so much drama that I really wanted to find a way to have a little bit more peace in my life. Mm. And I, I do consider it my greatest achievement that I've managed to remain married. Uh, it'll be 30 mm. years of marriage. That's yeah. amazing. Next, um, coming up July 1st next year. And so, yeah, it is, it is uh, an easier way to go through life than breaking up getting married i say in our family we we like marriage actually because seven marriages my mother four times my dad three mm. times mm. so crazy yeah yeah well that's the most positive way of doing things right is taking those things and being like i don't want to be like that and yeah. it's it is interesting because last night i was talking to arturo about something and i had like viewed um some people in my life doing things and i was so reminded about why i didn't do those things because i saw them doing them and okay. i was like oh i don't want to do that. oh i get it that's i don't want to do that stuff and and he was like well it's easier and to me i'm like is it is it easier to do like things whatever it may be but for a lot of people it is but it's like the mindset shift like you have to have a different mindset to be able because for you you could have you had every excuse in the book to do the things that your family was doing but right. you had to decide not to do them mm -hmm. I, I did think uh, you know my mother um, attempted suicide four times and when I was in my 20s I also thought a lot about that mm. so I did go through hard times like that and luckily for me I found I remember I found a, uh, he was a, a minister at 84 years old he was retired he was uh, I could uh, it was a sliding scale so I think I paid five dollars for every session mm -hmm. and he just sat with me and talked common sense with me and mm -hmm. I was so appreciative of them. I also um, went to Al-Anon and adult children of alcoholics when I was younger. Yeah. So that kind of saved me too. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a great structure, I think, in any 12-step program. Mm -hmm. yeah. So do you think that seeing that minister was kind of the starting point of all of this? Just talking through all of that? No, uh, well, uh, I think actually becoming Catholic when I was age 11, because nobody in my family had any religion mm. and I lived on a block with um, Jews, Jehovah's Witnesses, Catholics and Presbyterians mm. and so as a type two on the Enneagram which we'll get to later I really wanted to connect with people and so mm. I connected with each of those families and I went to different services and I was really looking for some kind of structure wow. because my life was chaotic uh -huh. and I was next door neighbors with the Catholics mm -hmm. and I was closest to them and they had uh, I babysat their kids, I cleaned their house, and so I ended up becoming a Catholic. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It really provided me with a certain foundation that I think uh, my siblings didn't really get. Hmm. How many siblings do you have? I have two brothers. Well, one full brother and one uh, half brother. My okay. dad is not his dad but right. biologically, but we were. my brother was adopted the same week that I was born. Wow. So that's cool. Yeah. Are you, are you close with them still? With my younger brother, very much. Yeah. With my older brother, um, 
there was some abuse that happened and mm-hmm. so I have maintained a certain amount of distance from right. him yeah out of choice yeah it's it is crazy because I was talking to Lisa last week about um just homeschooling because I, I was homeschooled all the way through and so was my sister and she's talking about if she wanted to homeschool her kids you know and and I'm like there there is a structure to life but sometimes you just never know because like me and my sister couldn't be more different and we mm-hmm. grew up the same way. Yeah. And so it sounds to me like that was really ingrained within you to just like want a structure and a community. And I don't know if that's what would you say like nature versus nurture? Like I don't know if your surroundings forced you to be like that or if that was like inherently born within you because you can look at other people and you're like they don't want that. They don't want that life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is yeah. that something that you talk about with life coaching? Is that like a big question? I know in therapy that's that's something you try to figure out when you start looking back into your life but is nature versus nurture something that you've gotten into and questioned for yourself it is uh well I look at that now in my health coaching with um, Alzheimer's and Mm. cognitive decline because they can do genetic tests now that see if you have a greater chance of developing Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and so I'm looking at the fear that people have. I mean, for myself, um, my mother, my grandmother, and my great aunt all died of breast cancer mm. when they were in mm. their 60s. And mm. I'm 59. So I started getting afraid of mm-hmm. that. And I did a genetics test to show that I don't have the BRCA gene, which it only accounts for 10 to 15% of uh, cancers, but mm. I felt really motivated and encouraged mm. by those results. Wow. And I was able to tell my daughters. Yeah. And so that's a load off of their oh, minds awesome. as well. Yeah. But so I don't know, you know, there, yeah, I don't know for that. And for the Enneagram, they say, p- people ask, are you born a certain type or do you become a certain type? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know on that one. Well, let's get into that yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Well, so uh, that that was my super smart question. I was gonna ask <laughs> that I told you guys I was saving because when I went to the bathroom, I was thinking I'm like uh, these numbers and what you are. I feel like it's just so much about your surroundings because you were talking about the fear of being abandoned. Mm-hmm. And I've really been introspective about that with my life lately. And I do have a fear I've even like trusting Lisa with more things with the podcast and trusting mm-hmm. people because I've trusted people so much and they've all let me down. So I don't think I have this like, oh, if they abandon me, that's it for me. You know, like I'll still be good. But that's not a personality trait. That's just because of what has happened to me in my life. Context. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, with the Enneagram, I mean, how much of it is just solely how you are made as a human and your surroundings, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, a, yeah, it's an interesting question. Like, I um, I think I am a type two, mm-hmm. right? A helper. And mm-hmm. we'll, we can get into that a little bit more. But I, you know, my mother was an alcoholic. She was bipolar. And I was the only girl child. So I was constantly trying to pull her out of holes as mm-hmm. best I could, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't really do much when I was a kid. But I tried. And so that's why I think that dynamic came into being, but lived down the hall from a sex offender. So sixes, type six, are very concerned Mm. with security, Mm. right? But for me, when I delved into the books and watching things on YouTube and all that, in the end, two is more of my default rather than six. So I think type six is more 
those behaviors and emotions and thoughts are more contextual mm -hmm. for me. So yeah, context matters mm -hmm. a ton. And there are people who believe you're born a certain type. Yeah. Right? You come into the world as a type two. And, and what makes actually the most amount of sense to me is between zero and age 26, mm -hmm. people are really starting to create their strategies. How mm. are they going to live? How are they going to get from point A to point B? Mm -hmm. And what's working and what's not working? Mm -hmm. Right? And all those strategies make up our personality. Mm. What the Enneagram says is we have something beyond our personality. Mm. So we actually have an essence. Mm. And that's what we can develop that's where we can make choices once we see that essence and recognize it in ourselves kind of like an inner core if mm -hmm. you will then we have more options more choices to make Hmm. I love that. I love thinking that there's an inner part of ourselves that no one's been able to tap into or change, mm -hmm. but it's something that is integral to you. And I think that's what makes each number so beautiful in themselves. Like that's just who you are mm -hmm. and it's okay. It doesn't mean that you got there because something bad happened to you or because you had an amazing life. It just means that's who you are. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the beauty of finding out your numbers, but before we get into that too much, do you want to describe the Enneagram? And I'm so curious as to why you use the Enneagram with life mm -hmm. coaching. Mm -hmm. Well, there are many different topologies. Um, right. So there's DISC, there's Myers-Briggs, there's colors. Um, and, and I actually, I love the Enneagram, but I, I would like to know about all of those. The Enneagram just seemed like the easiest to me, mm -hmm. to tell you the truth. Um, cause I know I'm an ENFJ, but I have trouble remembering anybody else's sequence of yeah. letters. And to me, nine different types made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a, I had two good friends who were studying the Enneagram and they both brought it to me. And at first I was like, oh, it just seems like another big system to learn. And Olivia and, gets that. It's like another <laughs> social media platform. I get so mad. I'm like, yeah. no, we're not doing this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yet I have found that it's made things easier uh -huh. for me. It is a filter that I use. And although I don't often, in fact, I, unless somebody asks me and wants my opinion about it, I don't tell people what I think they are because people don't like to be labeled. Uh -huh. I love that because you know my <laughs> issue with the Enneagram. That is, is your issue. Oh, it's Well, right before this, when you were talking about how it actually opens you up more, I like that. Like when you talk about the Enneagram, I'm like, wow, Sounds this is beautiful. beautiful. Poetic. But when other people talk about it, I want to punch them. It's a box. <laughs> yes, they put yeah. me in. Like I am not a number. They like, make it like a horoscope. Yes. That's the frustrating <sighs> thing because I yeah. don't I don't believe it's like a horoscope. Like this is what your day is going to look like. No, this is what the rest of your life is going to look like. Yes. So I don't think that's how it works. It's just yeah. a, a way to help you navigate your the way that you are and mm -hmm. how you interact with others. Yeah, it's not about labeling and it's not about making assumptions. And right. people who use the Enneagram to make assumptions about other people, it's just not a very mm -hmm. useful way to use the tool. Right. 
So a way to manipulate people too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like the only yeah. experience I've had with it until I talk to you is people just even like texting me being like, oh, you're this or oh, you're this. And like, I'm this. And maybe that's why we have, you know, like sometimes we fight or this and this or you're unhealthy, you're healthy. And I'm like, I don't really oh, gosh, care. I don't want to talk uh-huh. to the people you talk to. I, yeah. <laughs> that but sounds awful. What's um, a couple weeks ago, we visited some friends and I've been told a lot that I'm an eight, but I have a lot of negative correlations with an eight because I know a lot of unhealthy eights but Mm -hmm. the person who I was there with he was a very healthy eight and it was really exciting for me to be able to fight with somebody but we weren't fighting we were just talking but like really aggressively (laughs) but neither of our feelings were hurt because we were doing it the right way you know Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was telling him that there were certain personality traits where I'm like I don't know if I'm too aggressive or too this but I've never felt so um secure in who I am like who my because you were saying age is 26 and I've never felt like until now that I'm like oh I'm like I'm good with my personality and I accept Mm -hmm. that you know so I like it when I feel like that (laughs) but it's it's good to get more insight yeah on it yeah and I I think if people use the Enneagram and their understanding to create deeper connections that's great Mm -hmm. if they use it to make assumptions and put people in boxes then that's not really what it's meant for Mm -hmm. it's also not meant to justify behaviors so really all it is is a system to look at uh, people's thoughts or perceptions or judgments their emotions and their actions Mm -hmm. that's all it is Mm -hmm. and and so to be able to have something to bump up against that's the Mm. use I know for myself I'm constantly bumping into myself so (laughs) it's good people are always saying you know get out of your own way that kind of thing right and I yeah so just understanding and having compassion with mm-hmm. myself about change. No, totally. Yeah, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me that they were feeling this way because they're a three. Oh, he's like that because he's a two. And I'm like, no, he just needs to take a nap. Like, <laughs> stop <laughs> doing that, you know. But it, it, it has been cool for me to see things and be like, oh, I'm this way because this makes sense. Like, I'm this way because this is all, it's like symbiotic. What is the word? Symbiotic? Is that a word? I don't know. But it all works together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it makes sense for me now when Mm -hmm. I can just, like, see it actually and understand it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then to know that you have choices. Yeah. Right? Once you do see it, then you get to decide, is this a behavior, an emotion, or Mm -hmm. a thought that I want to keep in my my wheelhouse? Or do I want to change it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's up to you. Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. As much as I think that there's a part of you that's never changing, I also think you don't have to be that way. And if you don't like something about yourself, then you can change that. Yeah. Like if, if you are an eight, for instance, and you don't want to be an eight, mm-hmm. I can change that. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who am I to say yeah. you can't? Yeah. I don't think I want to change it. And I think that's what I got to and when I, I was... don't think you should. <laughs> when I was talking to my friend, I... I, I kind of had to like stop for a second. I'm like, I'm sorry. Am I being too much, you know? And then I realized I'm like, oh, I'm actually not sorry. <laughs> this is just who mm-hmm. I am and I'm not intentionally hurting you. This is just how I how I talk, you know? Right. Um, I'm sure there's obviously a line between what is good and what is bad well, in that, but. We're all getting feedback mm-hmm. all the time, whether people are telling us to our face, you know, I, like I used to get a lot, um, you're so bossy. 
Mm. right? Because I was trying to control a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And especially as a young mother, I remember really wanting to control the environment for my kids and my family. And so after a few people had said, you're, you're so bossy, I even had one person salute me one time when we were preparing <laughs> oh for a party. <laughs> then I was like, okay, so I'm getting feedback here. So do I want, is that how I mm-hmm. want people to see me? Yes. How can I relax? How can I not want to control everything? I would be like, nice, you're dismissed. <laughs> That's really funny and very passive aggressive of that yeah. person. But even yeah. if people aren't saying things to you, you're getting feedback. Yeah, totally. Right. The friendships, the conversations you're having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. And it all depends on how you take it. If someone thought I was bossy, I would be like, that's good. I know what I want. I'm glad that I can tell people I know what I want. I want it done a certain way. Mm-hmm. And if you're supposed to be the person I'm telling this to and you're supposed to be doing things a certain way, I hope that you can take that. And yeah. if you can't, I'm sorry. That's something for you to work on. Maybe there's something about me I need to work on too. We can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I totally. also do think if you are an eight, this is something that I've heard from eights a lot, is actually um, saying sorry or feeling bad because they've come off certain ways when really they just feel strongly or they're just more opinionated. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot of people that can't handle it. One hundred percent. Yeah. A lot of people are intimidated by eights. Yeah. My yeah. my husband is a type eight and he knows I'm gonna talk about him in my <laughs> classes and things like that. And um he often comes to me and says, So and so said there or I heard through so and so that another person is intimidated by me. Mm. What's that about? Yeah. Mm. And that is a common thing for type eight yeah. is that people are a little bit wary of them sometimes because mm-hmm. of the strength. Because eight is the challenger. It's all about um, managing power. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say you mentioned earlier on uh, healthy, unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And each type has many different levels of development, nine different levels of development. And so a type eight could be a Fortune 100 CEO Mm -hmm. or they could be in prison. Right. Mm -hmm. All about how they manage power. Mm -hmm. Right. Gosh. I don't want to be at the bottom of that, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, hey, for type two, my type, it's it's like Mother Teresa or a manipulative stalker, right? There's oh, a that wide is, that's range. That's so funny. That is so crazy. Gosh, they need to make an Enneagram movie and have like the unhealthy oh, and wish. healthy of there each number. There is an Enneagram song that just came out. It's all over Facebook. Yeah, oh, I'm on it. was pretty funny. Yeah, I was, I was hearing them. Some, some, right? Sleeping with something? Somebody? Sleeping at last? I don't know. Some guy uh, did like all of the numbers uh-huh. and he like, yeah. they're like super last. beautiful. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I cried. Literally, that's what somebody said. They're like, you should listen to this right now. And I'm like, if it's like emotional, like I'm doing that later. I don't want to hear oh, this right yeah. now. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it depends on maybe your type, but yeah. that's when I thought I was a two and I'm not a two, I think. So uh-huh. yeah. I cried thinking, yeah, that's me. But I think it's, it was also relating to things that are nine qualities too which is giving so much of yourself mm-hmm. so much and then not knowing who you are mm-hmm. so um what would you say is the best way of people going out to figure out or the best way for people to figure out their type uh-huh. like i think there's so many different resources now uh youtube is a great resource mm-hmm. and I, I know one guy on youtube he has a site 
or actually he has a website called uh, the Enneagram Playground. Mm -hmm. And it's a little old now, but he's he's like an actor. And so he almost embodies each type. And for 15, 20 minutes, he tells you all about that type as if he were that type. Mm. So that's really interesting. So you can get a good sense. There are games, you know, on, uh, on, you can get an app. Oh, that's and cool. You can also, on Instagram, there are tons of uh, ways you can learn about the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. There's one, uh, I'd have to look it up, but yeah, there are many different ways. There are, um, yeah, games, apps, uh, brochures, books, not so much a movie. I'm waiting for Hallmark cards to come out, you know? <laughs> it's your good. birthday, type nine. So Go good. lie on the couch, you know, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Wait, I'm going to edit this out and you're going to do that. <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. seriously, I'm not kidding. Wait, that's actually a really good Can idea. Can we get a patent? Yeah, next <laughs> business venture. That's funny. Interesting. Okay. I have a more personal question. Yeah. How do you and your husband manage family life and your personal relationship with your husband and also starting businesses because he is as well an entrepreneur correct yes yes. so how do you balance that all well we didn't I didn't have a business until the kids were raised right I I was a facilitator so a couple of times a year I would go off and facilitate these women's weekends or I would do circle trainings Mm -hmm. or I would have circles for women in my house and for 10 years I did girls circles as well Mm -hmm. so when my daughters were middle school we started a circle uh, with with all their friends basically and we met 80 times over four years and we did some wilderness trips and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so pretty much I it was a division of labor I was in charge of everything to do with the home and the ranch Mm -hmm. and my dad because we lived on the same property as my father and he was kind of king of the world going out there and being a CEO and of course he would always talk to me about what was happening in the company mm-hmm. and uh, I should have been in HR that would have been a good idea at that time <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to help out to help out right yeah mm-hmm. um, and and in his book writing as well it's a very solitary thing so I it did cause problems actually mm-hmm. when we were first uh, married because I thought it was so exciting. He was an author. And so this goes into more the cycle of relationships, which I might do with somebody when I'm uh, coaching them. Mm -hmm. So talking about the first phase, which is the rose-colored glasses phase. Uh Oh, it's so cool. He writes books. That's amazing. And then going into the disillusionment phase Mm -hmm. where the rose-colored glasses come off. And then going into more conflict okay, can we make this work? Mm -hmm. Oh, he's going to work all weekend. He's going to work from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. and then go to his day job. When is there any time for the Mm -hmm. family? And then the last one is intimacy. Mm -hmm. So looking at that quarter of if we can get through the conflict and we can make the necessary repairs, then we get to the intimacy part. And flipping through that. Mm -hmm. You're married. You know about that. (laughs) I, I mean, everything I've read about you so far um is so similar to my story mm-hmm. because uh I got married young. I have a 1-year-old. I'm I just turned 26. We want more children. Mm-hmm. But my husband and me started a church just 2 years ago and it's flourishing. But in all of that abundance, it's so difficult. And so it's hard because um, a lot of people don't see starting a church as a business when it very much, everything my husband does, it's business functioning. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And so that's why I'm so curious as to how you balance it because we're right in the middle of it. I think I'm, I'm the younger you right now trying to figure it out. We're constantly in stages of, okay, it's good. I say it, I say it's, it's a seasonal thing. It's three or four months. We're doing so good. Things are great, but it's those um, things that you were saying. It, it's rose-colored glasses, <laughs> disillusionment, mm-hmm. and then conflict. And the conflict is like not a big fight, but it's a big like, okay, we're not communicating again, and we're not keeping tabs with each other. We're just not talking again. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to figure out uh, where do we go from here. We're going to start counseling soon. I'm all for counseling. Great. love therapy. Mm-hmm. I love all the psychology. He's for it too, but as a three, he's just so business-oriented. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of he sees that there's good in it, but at the same time, he just wants to just put it in my schedule and then yeah sure we'll do it like that sounds great and he sees that there is importance to it but not until he really sees results Mm -hmm. um and so it's hard because he is a three and as a nine I married him wanting to go into what he was doing I found who I was quote unquote and um it was hard when I became a mother because then I wasn't actually able to find, um, I guess, my worth or understand who I was anymore because now I'm I'm a mom and that's not necessarily what I wanted to be. I didn't want that to be all of me. I loved the church. I loved working there. I loved just putting everything into it. I was working at aesthetics at the same time. I felt like I found who I was finally. And then I'm something that I didn't really want to be full time. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that that strikes a chord with you at all. But um, I think the role, the role, uh, well, becoming a mother or a father is such a big transformation really and it brings in all kinds of questions I found when I had my children I was like oh did my mother you know how did my my mother feel about me it it Uh brought so many and then also getting angry at my children Mm. like I never anticipated I would get as angry (laughs) I know it is hard and so reaching out for resources and Mm. every parent does it differently and how does it affect the relationship and yeah these are complex issues and so how to find time for each other to cultivate relationship and nurture what's there and what's positive about it so for those who are maybe unhealthy or not even sure where they're at as far as their Enneagram number, um, what encouragements do you have for them as they're trying to figure things out and mm-hmm. figure out who they are, trying to move up to the higher, healthiest spot in their number? So I think, again, it goes back to understanding and being able to listen and see what you're actually doing. Mm -hmm. So catching yourself in the act and self-observing. So once, and and that's that's a hard step. So that's all about Mm self-awareness. And so knowing, oh, I can be bossy. Okay, so what do I wanna do with that? And then having the courage to say, oh, I do that because that takes courage to notice Mm -hmm. what I'm doing, especially if I have a negative view of what I'm doing, to accept that and then to manage 
And so do I need a tool or not? Do I need to talk to somebody? Do I need some support and encouragement? And how do I get that? A lot of people have no idea how they motivate themselves mm -hmm. for change. And that's really important. And, it, and a lot of people, I think, go the, uh, try to go the authoritarian route, which is just be better, you know, pull up your bootstraps and you can do it. And it's kind of the sports mentality, mm -hmm. which I think sports are wonderful in many, many ways. And they're a lot of different kinds of leadership. Mm -hmm. So for type nine, in fact, there's laissez-faire leadership. Did you know that was actually a way of leading? No. Yeah. We used to teach it at this uh, kids camp. At, well, they still do teach it at um, a Rotary Youth Leadership Awards camp. It's called Ryla. Mm -hmm. And they have five different kinds of leadership. There are many different kinds. But learning, I think, that there is something besides the authoritarian sports model mm -hmm. that we're often raised with. Mm. Do you even think that's... Um an American way of yeah, very you American. Should, you should win, win. Yeah. win. Well, that you know, that reminds me even of like my dad. That's just who he is. Yeah, it, he's a five. Oh, I don't I know see. if that makes any sense Fives, as far as that. You know, they usually say because it's kind of interesting looking at the enneagram as if there are cultures related to it. Mm -hmm. So they might say, for instance, uh, Latino culture would be more two, very uh -huh. warm, or four, very dramatic. You know, could be mm -hmm. as well. Type three is much more U.S. culture, liking uh -huh. to win, football all the way, Friday night lights, and then uh, they say that we might be turning into a more of a type seven culture Interesting. with all the gadgets and yeah. fragmentation through social media mm -hmm. so interesting who knows as you were talking I was thinking about um how you could become you know more healthy and a healthy number and all that stuff and I think such a huge thing is you not only just your environment but who you choose to surround yourself with because like it, it's just you know proven that like the top five people you hang out with are who you become and I've just seen that more and more the older I've gotten of just being like you weren't always like this and then I see who they're hanging out with and I'm like oh mm. that makes sense <laughs> and but then I think about my life and like so lucky I met Arturo because he makes me want to be better like he what makes me mm. want to be healthier especially when you're like in a fight and if you know obviously an eight in a fight I will rip your eyes out <laughs> and it almost feels like uh, I can't help it but I know I can mm -hmm. <laughs> but it is so interesting because there are certain friends I meet where I leave and I go I feel like I got no value from that mm -hmm. I feel negative from that and I feel like I don't care because they didn't make me want to care mm -hmm. and then there are other people where I'm like wow I'm so energized like I want to go mm -hmm. do all these things and I feel like that is like mm -hmm. the Enneagram can be like your little friend group like yeah, within yeah. itself you know yeah I it's interesting to hear what you're keying into so it sounds like you're keying into personal power hmm. inspiration mm -hmm. vision and values mm -hmm. yeah if I don't have the same values in friends it's really make it or break it for me and whether that's right or wrong because it's not that I'm not inclusive and it's not like I'm judgmental, but I just know we can only go so far until we're not tapping into that like deep part of our friendship. Because if your values aren't the same as mine, you're not going to value the same things that I do, um, which obviously can be really hard because then there's a lot of the people that are really people pleasing and, you know, peer pressure and that stuff. And 
I don't get that, but I know it's so like prevalent, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. eights can type eight can be a very strong personality. You know, Pablo Picasso, John Wayne, Arnold Schwarzenegger's. They're all great. They're all type eights. <laughs> Just Olivia's. like me. As Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh funny. gosh. Please make that a meme. <laughs> yeah, that, that is interesting. I have been, I have been told a lot in my life, um, I think I always find myself going, but what did I do? I didn't do anything. I would never intentionally hurt somebody. Why are they mad? Mm -hmm. You know, it's always these questions. And I like think back on the conversation. I'm like, I just said this, this, and this. What's wrong with that? You know? And so that is where it can be really hard. Cause I'm like, oh, like people just want to feel loved. And if you don't make them feel loved, then they're going to feel like you're mad or you're attacking them when that's not me. I'm just trying to be honest. Mm. But honesty is, yeah. Well, there is a directness about type eights that um, a lot of people find difficult to handle. Mm-hmm. And so then that is the question. Is it up for the, is it, does the eight modify, modify how, their delivery of things? You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to not be who you are. You want to be mm-hmm. all of who you are. Right. And so that's why I think eights often find themselves in positions of power. So yeah. they're they're creating companies or mm-hmm. they're, you know, on a talk show host, they're a talk show host or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've found that I've had to learn, um, uh, by hitting rock bottom. Um, and that is within like losing a lot of friendships and, and not necessarily, I don't, I don't think it was all me, but part of it was for sure and in the past three or four years like you can even you know Arturo and I've been together forever and I've really changed but that's because I had to sit back and be like I need to be less judgmental I have to be like I can't be this because people can't handle it you know and so once I really shifted that mindset I've learned to bite my tongue a little bit more not say things when I so desperately feel like that person needs to hear it because they don't and they don't want to hear it, oh, Olivia. No. But it is it is hard to get to that spot because it took me years and losing people in my life to get to that point, mm-hmm. you know? So it sounds like you're able to be a little bit more vulnerable and a little softer? Um, I'm trying to, but I view it as a weakness. Ah, yeah. So, because even, even a, like a week ago, I had said something about how I teared up about something and she was like, you cry? Like, huh. And I was mm-hmm. totally kidding. Everyone cries. Oh, it wasn't. No, no, no. I'm not saying that as a bad thing because I actually took it as a compliment. And yeah. then I even thought about that more and I'm like, Ooh. why am I taking that as a oh, compliment? that's so interesting. Yeah, so it's hard. So when my husband, um, when we had children, I was afraid how he was going to relate to the kids because huh. he is very powerful and has a big personality. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he got down on the floor and rolled around with our kids mm-hmm. when they were, you know, one and one and a half and gave them elephant rides down the Cute. corridor and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. then he got more in touch with his own innocence mm. and stopped seeing vulnerability as a weakness. Right. Because how vulnerable is this little child, mm-hmm. right? So whether eights end up connecting with their own vulnerability through having children or animals or yeah mm-hmm. I think I think that is a way into an eight's heart is is innocence yeah. and vulnerability and them claiming that so they don't always have to be the big gorilla on the block mm-hmm. yeah I sat down with your husband you know a couple of weeks ago and when I sat down with him I'm like oh my gosh he's 
like me. He's so intimidating, but I got him. I think I told you that. I was like, you're intimidating, but I get you. But you're also intimidating. <laughs> that's that's kind of scary. And But then he, when he was talking to me about your family and um, when you guys were talking about work-life balance, it sounded to me like he was just so intentional. Like he would talk about how you guys had family meetings and how he like talked just like like he knew his daughters really well. And to me, I was like, James, <laughs> you know, for me, I'm just like, wow, that's like, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. And then for him to ask me super vulnerable questions about my life and asking me like, when was the last time you cried? I'm like, wasn't expecting this to come up in this conversation, <laughs> but it was interesting to talk to somebody who was so, you know, like you said, like, so, um, like an entrepreneur and high up in mm-hmm. that. And I respected that so much. And to be vulnerable, I'm like, oh, you can be both, mm-hmm. but, and it's not mm-hmm. bad to be both. Yeah. But, I, I could see him as a very like a health a healthy eight for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I think um it is it takes courage to embrace our vulnerability and to be uh, empathetic and to have compassion mm-hmm. both for ourselves and for others and to be human. It's a vulnerable exercise, the whole thing. Mm. But how come some people are so they're so vulnerable all the time or emotional all the time. I mean, is that a good thing? It depends. Well, there's a line. Obviously, oh, there's a fine They're line. doing it because then there's the people you just like, oh, okay, I love them, but I have to prepare myself right now to hang out with them. I used to be that person mm. and I see it now mm-hmm. and I could not hang out with my past self. That is mm. 100% because I didn't understand myself and I felt like a lot of my emotions have been repressed for a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. So when I felt like I could finally feel <laughs> like my own emotions, I'm not crying. Um, <laughs> she's <laughs> laughing. I'm actually laughing. Um, when I could actually, I don't know, feel for myself and start to understand myself, it was a huge waterfall of emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably for like two years as I'm taking psychology classes in college and figuring out myself, learning about Myers-Briggs, DISC, Enneagram, all of this stuff. And then I, I feel like now I can't even stand to be around those people because it's just, ooh, you got to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how I've changed who I want to be around now mm-hmm. because... I would say that most of my friendships, that's who I wanted to be around, the people I could have deep, deep conversations with so often. And now it's my friends who are entrepreneurs and my friends who understand themselves. And maybe that's now that I'm older, maybe the stage of life that I'm in in now. I mean, I have a crying baby constantly, so I don't want to deal with your crying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There is also a physiological aspect to all this because the the brain actually finishes um, forming Mm -hmm. by the time we're around 26, is what I've heard. (laughs) Finally. No, in a (laughs) good way. Yeah, in a good way. So the prefrontal cortex is fully formed and that's the part where the executive functioning is. Mm -hmm. That's the part that lets you plan and take a step back if you're in a heated emotional whirlpool. Still learning that? Yeah, yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So all of that comes online and then you get to choose, okay, am I in my lizard brain? fight, flight, freeze, faint, 
are those my choices in this instance or am I in my prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. and making decisions where I'm giving it a little bit of space before I respond oh, that's so interesting because now I'm thinking of all the um conflicts that my husband and I have had and I'm like just fight with me just fight and he he's the one who just sits back listens does not respond when he's angry well, he's been angry twice in his life, yeah. legitimately. <laughs> when he's, um, there's a lot of emotion going on and he just breathes. And I'm like, mm -hmm. just respond. <laughs> give me something, anything. And he's like, nope, just give me a second. You got to give me time. You're pushing me. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Do whatever you want. There's actually a word for when people get flooded. You know, it takes 20 minutes, apparently. Mm. The physiology, it takes 20 minutes to actually so calm down. So, mm. I mean, I, I can relate to what you're saying because if I'm in the middle of something, it's like, let's just get through get this. Get it over with. Yeah. And that's not always the best way forward. Oh, I know. A it's lot not. of times people just need <laughs> to go out and look at a tree or a cloud or take a shower or whatever mm. to kind of reset yeah so knowing I that need to do that more because i i'm like you i want to get it out of the way but i'm so angry at that point there's no point mm -hmm. <laughs> so i'm like oh i should probably go outside and i think i've often i keep looking at arturo this whole time like <laughs> you know but i'm like i i, I often say give me 20 minutes mm -hmm. i hardly ever get to that point because i'm like you know no i'm gonna rip you to pieces you know like a good girlfriend but um i think usually by 20 minutes i'm like oh i'm good to go but mm -hmm. I should have just done that a long time ago. Yeah. But I don't want to because I'm prideful mm -hmm. and I want to win. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, self-righteousness is, I mean, I have definitely been self-righteous. I, I can be self-righteous now. And that's, you know, wanting to be right, wanting mm -hmm. to have the answer. And that it's a common mind trap that mm. people experience. That's so me. Wanting to be oh, right. I love being right. I do too. That's why Google's when, my best friend. <laughs> that's why Google's my worst enemy. Yeah. <laughs> when I say something and someone's like, wait, let's Google that. Like, that's all, always me in a conversation. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, keep talking. <laughs> yeah, my brother-in-law always does that. I'm like, dang it, he's always right. <laughs> uh, so um, when, how do you... I need to form my thought before I actually ask the question. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to people that really like uh, live their life by fear? Um, I know a lot of people that just lead by fear all around and then it just, it stunts their growth completely. But as a life coach, I'm sure you encounter that pretty much with everything, but <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. I say um, as a life coach, I often uh, deal with people who have the human flu. F stands for fear, L stands for loss, and U stands for uncertainty. That's good. Yeah. You need to get that next to your other word. What was it? Fra fro... Fro... Oh, froaching. Froaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think when people are fearful or they have high, high anxiety, the first, uh, the first thing to do is really to be curious. Hmm. Like, huh, what's this about? You know, do I, is this a real fear? A lot of people are afraid of things that aren't real, mm -hmm. really, the monsters under the bed, mm -hmm. right? And so uh, reaching out and getting perspective and then finding a way to cultivate calm in, mm. in your life, to calm your nervous system, calm your thoughts. And some people do that just by breathing. Uh, some people think they should do breathing and then they don't really want to do it or meditation you know meditation is so popular right now but it doesn't have to be anything fancy you know we breathe 22 to 24 thousand times a day 
right? If we just breathe consciously for 10 breaths a day, it can really change our physiology. Hmm. That's interesting. I just did that. I feel like a changed woman. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. So um, coming back kind of to the Enneagram Mm -hmm. and the fact that a lot of what has happened to us um, makes us who we are. Um, Like for me, for example, I do have a fear about marriage because of what I went through and what I saw. I don't have a, I don't have a positive correlation with marriage because I never saw it in a positive way. So if you were and I think there's a lot of people like that, but what would you, how would you really start that? Cause it would be a journey. Obviously you can't just like flip a switch. And I feel like I've tried to tap into that switch to flip it, but it's either I don't want to, or it's just not, I can't. So what would you, what would be the process of doing that? Like changing so looking at marriage i would look at um what it was that you didn't like you say you have a negative correlation Mm -hmm. to marriage or negative thoughts about it so i would first start by looking at those thoughts Mm. of what is so negative because then you can see okay is this real and then you can look Mm. at how you've built your relationship so far and who you are and if those beliefs are outdated because you mm. might be carrying around with you beliefs that aren't really current. I mean, hmm. it's a really important thing, I think, to stay current with ourselves because we're always growing and developing. That's interesting. And you're always, yeah, you're always hearing wisdom from other people. And, and like you said, hanging out with people who now you feel better about mm-hmm. and are with. So I think, um, yeah, staying current with yourself is really important. So what are the beliefs that you have? And are they really true? You That's know, be curious good. about them. Yeah. And I, I often talk about belief icebergs. So it's like we'll have a conflict with somebody and then run head on to the, the top of the iceberg. But there's usually a bunch of beliefs that are kind of making up the iceberg. Mm-hmm. And so to maybe write about it in your journal or I have a tool that's called the awareness wheel. You mm. can Google it and it kind of gives you a way to look at any problem in terms of sensation and thoughts or perceptions or judgments and then emotion and then what you want in the situation and also historically how you would deal with something like that so just I find it a very good thorough way of looking at anything I'm facing and then I can communicate better about it this this is one easy thing that people can do is get um, literate about what your emotions are because so many people just say oh you know how are you feeling oh good Oh, how are you feeling? Bad, fine, right? Mm-hmm. It's not very easy to kind of have a connection with somebody because no. I don't know exactly. I wish that wasn't a greeting. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. surface and not just not, it's not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just say, hi. <laughs> yeah. So when you're having a conversation with your husband or your, your boyfriend, you can uh, print out an emotions wheel from uh you just google it there mm-hmm. are like i don't know 10 different kinds and they have all these different emotions and they link up really usually to the big five which is mad sad glad bad which is really shame mm-hmm. and fear so once you take it to those basic emotions like a lot of people kind of sometimes get flowery like oh i feel so overwhelmed for instance right well overwhelm is in the is in the fear family. So when I catch myself saying, I feel so overwhelmed, I'm like, what am I afraid of? Oh, yeah. That really hit the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Dissecting those questions. Uh, Yeah. What if you just don't want to know why? 
If you don't want to know why, what? Like you're afraid of something. What if I don't want to tap so far deep into why I'm feeling a certain way? Because it's just too much. Yeah. I think it's important to know what you're ready for. <laughs> yeah. And I always, my, my thought about this is that things come out of our subconscious mm-hmm. or they present themselves. Uh, and it's kind of like beach balls, you know, like I, I picture myself standing in a shallow end of the pool and suddenly a beach ball comes up and I'm like, oh, a beach ball. So what am I going to do with it? I could push it back down under the water, which takes a lot of mm. energy and can be draining and it doesn't really work. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I can go, ha, huh, I'm looking at this now. So what is this about? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good analogy. Yeah. yeah. And some people end up with a whole room full of beach balls, right? Before they're ready to deal with them. Mm. And there are so many ways now to deal with these beach balls that you weren't expecting, right? You can read a self-help book. You can watch a YouTube video. You can start talking to your friends. Gosh, have you ever felt this way? Or, you know, people who are dealing with grief, for instance, that's another big one. Mm -hmm. People, because if somebody hasn't processed their grief, then it tends to keep snowballing, right? And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't grieve the death of my father. I didn't grieve the loss of this relationship. And then suddenly my dog dies and all hell breaks loose mm. and floods of tears and oh, you know gosh. yeah no you're, you're preaching yeah. to the choir right now <laughs> yeah that's for sure same <laughs> like, oh, okay <laughs> so again keeping up with yourself about where am i today what am i having it's a little bit like yoga teachers you know have you ever been to a yoga class and they say oh yeah listen to your body today yeah. do you want to do this pose or not that's you know? so funny lately i have no. not been wanting to do <laughs> yoga and i think that's why i'm like don't want to tap into it yeah. <laughs> Let's take some cycling classes. Yeah. And I also, um, to like answer your question too, for myself, and I know for my husband too, just not seeing the importance of it. Like, why do I have to deal with this right now? I'm just Mm going to deal with it later. Like thinking that it's just not important to figure it out. What's Mm -hmm. it going to do for me? I know that's what I've heard so much, but what I've learned from my very emotional two-year journey of um, just figuring out who I am. I think that what I've learned the most is if I see that beach ball, I just deal with it then. Um, There are times when I suppress it and that's when depression comes in Um, and and anxiety and all of those things. And then you have to deal with it even more severely, especially for myself. Um, So I've learned that when those things, whatever it might be, whatever the beach ball might be, no matter how big or how small, I just learned to deal with it then. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm starting to process through, well, why is this here? When did this show up? How long has this been here for? What is the purpose of it coming up now? Because I think that timing is everything as well. I also think as a Christian that um, God shows you things in certain times when you're ready for it, even though you might not feel like you are. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, I asked that big question, why now? And I look at it as a strength, not as a weakness. And I say, this is something that I can finally now grow in. I can now understand myself better. It's almost like taking the next step of that journey of figuring out who you are in your existence in this mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned Mm -hmm. strengths because that's a really important thing. I think that's a common misperception of the Enneagram is that it can, uh, some people think it can be negative and that's because when people start learning about it, they tend to focus on the negative Mm -hmm. things, but instead to focus on the possibility of it and the 
uh, again, the, the choices and the, yeah, the possibilities and the choices that arise from learning about things. And I'm, I'm curious how you would sustain yourself. Like looking at beach balls is kind of, it's kind of hard. So how do you sustain yourself doing that? How, what's the motivation to continue doing that for you? Oh, for myself, um, knowing what it looks like when it's really bad. Mm-hmm. So for myself, when, for instance, this is like the biggest thing um, that comes to my mind because it was the most dr- drastic thing that's happened to me. Um, and it's more recent. And that's after my son was born and having postpartum depression mm-hmm. and, in, and ignoring every single sign of the postpartum depression um, and that turning into a huge snowball in my in my marriage with the relationship with my son, how I looked at myself. I mean, I had anxiety before. I, I've had depression before. This was just an all-time low. It was also still the beginning of when we started our church. I was still figuring out who I was. I felt like I didn't have an identity anymore. Mm-hmm. And the identity I had, I wasn't loving it because all of a sudden... I thought I wanted to be a mom all my life and this is what being a mom is. No thanks. Um, And it was hard because I knew I loved my son, but I didn't have the same feelings that other people had. I was depressed. Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting sleep. Um, I could see that I was just ignoring everything. Right. The red flags. All of the red flags. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, just even like suicidal thoughts, which I had in the past and right when I started seeing that, that's when I knew I had to talk to my doctor and I had mm-hmm. to Good. tell my husband. And that was hard to tell my husband because he was also at a really low point too, mm-hmm. but we just weren't communicating. Yeah. And so when, when we're not communicating, we just notice everything's all sorts of wrong. Yeah. And so now that's why we go through these seasons. We're trying to make sure they're not seasons anymore, mm-hmm. but we start getting to points where we reconnect and we're like, okay, something's off. Good. Rather than these big blow-ups, you know, once a year that are just massive. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And my husband and I have an agreement in our marriage that only one person can be psychotic at a time. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk after this. <laughs> wow. That's a lot. That's, um, yeah, I was just listening to a podcast on postpartum depression and it yeah. makes me terrified to have children because yeah. um, it happens to, happen to so to many women. I know. It well, happens pe- to a lot People are talking about it now. Which yeah. is good. Ta- exactly. People are talking about so many things now. Yeah. You know, that's the good uh-huh. news mm-hmm. that you can find resources and you can yeah. find different perspectives and you can, yeah, mm-hmm. join a Facebook group yeah. or whatever. So yeah, that's the so good many. side mm-hmm. of all that. Um, so I just have a couple more questions yeah, for you. Sure. I think we've already been going for like an hour, which is yeah. crazy. Well. Um, but just branching off of what you were talking about um, with like the beach ball thing. Uh, what if you are just too busy dealing with everybody else's beach balls that you don't have time to deal with your own? <laughs> mm, that sounds very type two-ish, mm. which is, uh, I mean, that's my ter- yeah. territory, two-ville. So um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's funny. So uh, self-care 
is uh, actually it's kind of funny because I did a virtual empowerment summit online and I was speaking about self-care for 45 minutes and my daughter who is an editor at Vogue uh, magazine she was telling oh she was saying to me oh mama yeah self-care is all the rage now Mm -hmm. so and self-care is so much more than just a bubble bath right Right. I think (laughs) people want to sell us stuff you know oh you need this foot massage oil or whatever (laughs) Mm -hmm. to take care of ourselves when actually it's pretty simple and we just have to remember it Mm -hmm. right okay Mm -hmm. what do I need to feel generous about going through life what do I need to be kind to myself it doesn't have to be a you know 24-hour retreat or a 45-minute bubble bath it can just be a change in our perception Mm -hmm. of where we are and I think once we can be generous towards ourselves and give our give ourselves kindness and compassion then we're much easier to be around mm-hmm. right it's the old oxygen mask right put on your oxygen mask mm-hmm. first before you put it on your kids or others and right i think it's so important mm-hmm. yeah so i think uh the answer to that question is maybe turn inwards and now is a perfect time to do that because we're going more into the darkness in terms right. of marching towards the solstice and Mm -hmm. Christmas and all that and so how do you keep that flame burning in you Mm -hmm. interesting what are some examples of self-care you said you know bubble bath well bubble bath is great I mean I and I have a hot tub so I know I I my (laughs) my whole body functions much better when Mm -hmm. I'm in hot water but it could be you know a two-minute shower and it doesn't have to be with water it could be um going outside and spending time in nature. I hear that all the time, how important that is for Mm. people. And it's one of the first things that they stop doing Mm. when they get busy. So how do I, uh, instead of thinking that the dog is a chore and has to be walked, how do I make it something Mm. I want to do? and take the dog out and look at the trees or the clouds or whatever. I'm always telling employees to take time out and go outside just because I think people's mindset is so much better Mm -hmm. when they're in nature. So in nature, it doesn't cost anything to be in nature. There are a lot of parks around. We're in Oregon. There's a lot of beautiful places. So Mm -hmm. seeing beauty is really important. Mm -hmm. And so maybe even putting a picture of something beautiful, if you're working in an office, you know, by your desk, there are studies that show that that can really improve people's oh. moods um, drinking lots of water having something that is um, healthy for your body mm. I think that can and I know for myself with food because I I've been on this keto diet for the last uh, year I'm coming up to a year and I lost 20 pounds wow. and so the way that I look at food as a reward has really changed uh, so yeah. I used to think oh you know I'm gonna have a hot fudge sundae mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. and or I'm gonna have a cocktail or you know something like that and what I realized for instance going to the cocktail is I have a martini glass at my house and now I just put bubbly water in it and I <laughs> yeah. feel like it's a party uh-huh. you know I don't really need the vodka yeah. and uh, or the gin and I can just have the glass with something mm. in it and yeah. I feel festive uh-huh. 
So things like that are connecting with people who I really care about, mm-hmm. making a phone call to one of my daughters, that kind of thing. So how do you reward yourself? I, I have mm. a friend who calls them cookies, but it's more like a mental cookie. Mm. A mental cookie. I like that. <laughs> it sounds a lot like changing your perspective on, on the way that you do things. So not only like doing something differently, but making sure you're actually changing your mindset when you do it. Mm-hmm. So even taking a bubble bath, like if I took a bubble bath, I'm watching Netflix. So taking a bubble bath and thinking, okay, this is for myself. Mm-hmm. Being in tune with who you are, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in that way, you could dedicate a workout to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you could light a candle for two minutes. I I light a candle every morning and I journal. And yeah, so (laughs) there are are, lots of different things to do. Let's see. Um, Yeah, some related to food, connection, physical sensation I think anything that increases your physical sensations is great Mm -hmm. so maybe something that smells nice or um yeah feels good I I have started getting massages twice a month and that has Mm. changed my life Mm. that would change my life yeah yeah (laughs) let's do that yeah that's I mean that's I started going on morning walks like Mm -hmm. nine months to a year ago and um I, it's not even like when I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, I love this. But then I realize, oh, I'm so um, specific about doing this. I'm so like, oh, I'm not not doing this today. And I realize now that we're talking like, oh, that's my time of self-care because no one can bug me. Yeah. I can't do anything because I'm on my walk. You know, I'm drinking coffee and I'm listening to a podcast and it's like I'm alone. Like there's no one there. So and that's the times I always have the most. Uh, um introspective thoughts you know mm-hmm. nothing matters mm-hmm. this world is great you know I get in the car and then I just instantly am on my email so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. but it is really really nice to have that time to yourself in the morning mm-hmm. for yeah. sure yeah yeah I think it's so important to check in with yourself in yeah. any way you can um one of the things I uh, work with clients on is I call it a pies check-in and I have a YouTube video on it and it P stands for physical so how am I doing physically and just like one or two words I is intellectual, E is emotional, and S is spiritual. Mm. So even if I just write in my journal for like five minutes and I put a couple of words by each of those categories, then I'm kind of like giving myself the once over. Mm. Oh yeah, okay, this is where I am. Mm. And then I see those red flags like, oh, actually, yeah, I do feel drained today Mm. or whatever it is. Yeah, Mm. that's good. So good. So I have one more question for you. Um, So we have, you know, our silver lining of the week and just something bad that we either made good or it became good. Um, So is there anything for you in your overall life or your business that maybe you went through that was bad that you saw now as a good thing or any type of silver lining? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I think, um, you know, we've talked a lot about um, becoming a mother. Mm. And I think when I became a mother, I, I really, I actually, I had never wanted to become a mother. I thought it was going to be too difficult and too emotionally fraught. Right. Because that was my experience. Probably right. (laughs) It is still. (laughs) It's heavy duty, heavy duty. And I think when I stopped working in the world and was a stay at home mom, Mm -hmm. that my self-esteem took a hit. 
because and I do think that our culture isn't really geared towards having women do everything and it's hard quite frankly to do everything at home and to work it was hard for me anyway to think about having a job because there Mm -hmm. were so many things I wanted to do to support the a healthy family Um, and in retrospect I think I would have had just like one day a week where I go and I speak adult sentences and I, <laughs> I you know, exchange skill, a skill I have for coaching or whatever for money. And I think it's really important. And for me now, I really like getting checks. Like I love it when people send me checks and I love having contracts. And so mm-hmm. there's a professionalism that yeah. I've gained now that I could have had way back when, but I wasn't quite sure how to tackle that. Mm-hmm. I and I, it's hard. This is a hard question. I think. I mean, for all and you know, it yeah, it's it's just a hard thing. What I'm noticing is the employees that I deal with. People sometimes say, "Oh, I'm a different way at work than I am at home," and what I'm realizing is that when people are really authentic they take themselves with themselves wherever they go, Mm -hmm. right? They're not different at home or at work. They're like the same person because they're resting on their values and Mm -hmm. they're transparent with Mm -hmm. those values and who they are. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. However you want to answer it. Silver lining, mother, would I change what I did now that I realize the richness of being a mom and going through all the different um, difficulties and relationships, I don't think I would change it. Mm. And it um, it can be difficult. But, yeah. And building a career can be difficult mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Getting married, you mm-hmm. know. I think it's how to face all of those difficulties with enough compassion and belief that you're gonna get through it. Mm. And there is gold at the end of the rainbow mm-hmm. and just keep going yeah that's so good mm-hmm. yeah it's love all, that it's all you can do worth it. it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I mean it's true like you were saying earlier like you could have given up so many times with things like even your marriage but mm-hmm. the easiest thing was to face those difficulties head on which probably didn't feel easy at the time but yeah, right? when you look back they are it mm-hmm. was the easiest way so mm-hmm. well yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much thank for being you. here. This was so great. So amazing. <laughs> um, for people, I mean, there are other people not in Southern Oregon, but where can people find you? I can add it in the show notes and stuff. But uh, Yeah, um, I have a website, mm-hmm. balancedlifecoaching.biz, okay. uh, and which your redoing which will be a little revamp <laughs> in a little bit yeah with two awesome videos yeah yeah so um yeah balancedlifecoaching.biz mm-hmm. and i also have a youtube channel which is balanced life coaching with renee riley adams perfect awesome well thank you so much for being thank here thank you so yeah, much thank renee. you so much so appreciate enjoyable. it Hey Shakers, thank you so much for listening. Lisa and I hope that you enjoyed the show um, and you really enjoyed learning more about life coaching, the Enneagram, and about Renee. Uh, Lisa and I had so much fun, so we hope you guys did too. Head to our recent Instagram post and comment what your Enneagram number is. We would love to learn more about you guys. Uh, If you haven't yet, head to Facebook and join our secret Facebook group, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders. There we just get to connect and we get to talk about all of the topics that we um, discuss on the show, but just deeper and more meaningful. So we hope to see you guys over there and we will see you next Tuesday. 
Thanks for listening. Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast, at Olivia Corinne, and at It's Maddie Black. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We'll see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.